and girls, welcome to another episode of Excalibros! Yay! Yay! <laughs> I love that that's your catchphrase, yay! Yay! Boss, it'll catch on, eventually. <laughs> yeah, that, that yay word is finally going to catch on. Exactly. <laughs> so, today, we're back with another three books, so we're going to cover Exiles number four, um, from the early 2000s. Uh, we're going to cover Excalibur number three from 1988 and Excalibur, sorry, Exiles number three that uh, just came out last week. Or was it two weeks ago now? It feels like a little, a little while ago. Either way, it's, it's the new Exiles. So three new issues for you. Um, and we're going to start off with uh, Exiles number four. So Dan, please tell me, what do we have on this cover? We have the classic, um, with a twist, uh, Trial of the Phoenix, uh, Scott holding Jean. But in this image, we have Mimic holding uh, Blink. And it's your, your classic, oh no, we're about to die. Eye beams being fired, Blink with a hand up. Yeah. And it's a nice homage. It is a nice uh, homage to what we're going to read. i got to say that Mimic's body, especially his like right like a torso and arm look really awkward <laughs> his arm maybe is twisted bit, in like unnatural ways maybe it's the bit of beast he's mimicked that's um, freaked out his hand <laughs> um, but yeah it's a, it's a decent cover um, you know on this time I don't actually have the panel up, up on the top that has uh, Mimic and Nocturne all, all freaked out it just says Marvel Comics Exiles and then Interesting enough, I have a rating. It says Marvel PG. Ooh. So it's 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 a, it's a PG book, despite all the death we're about to see. Well, it's 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 definitely um, there's not much blood. <laughs> so how do we start off our uh, part two? Part trial. two. So, um, just as a recap, last issue, uh, Mimic and Wolverine had an epic claw-on-claw battle that saw uh, Mimic get injured and Wolverine knocked out. So, uh, this uh, issue, we start off with Logan on uh, like a doctor's table at the Shire Empire, and he's, he's just recounting to Nightcrawler and Professor Xavier his terrible trauma and that he can't remember everything, and Xavier... And the Shire Doctor are like, this is odd. <laughs> Pretty much. That would have been better um, dialogue than the giant chunk that we got. This is this is odd. Um, <laughs> yes, because they, they can't read um, his brainwaves correctly for a very specific and reason. Because this is the first time we see this power from, yeah. I believe it is. Yes, it is. Uh, we have Nocturne just... Uh, sort of jumping into Logan's body and, and taking control, possessing him, basically. And then she explains to Blink about her powers. Um, so, Dan, maybe you want to go into what exactly she she can do? Well, um, when you first when we first meet her, you just think Nightcrawler um, powers, but she can fire things from her hands. Um, and we find out that she can possess people and that it makes them go into, like, a coma? Essentially, for like twenty-four hours. Yeah, 
Um, so she can comatize, comatize people for 24 hours after possessing them. And that um, she doesn't exactly fire little quote-unquote hex blasts. She opens... And this is insane because I don't think they artistically keep this the same ever. Mm-mm. But she apparently opens little portals in front of her hands and shoots bursts of energy out of them. And she only calls them hex blasts because of her mother. Because this is where we find out that her mum is the Scarlet Witch. And um, Mimics are like, can't really see that one. <laughs> no, Colin, the Scarlet Witch, nah. And then we find out that apparently they're just as bad as teenagers and have a very um, vibrant sex life. Well, it's interesting that uh, I never thought about it, but they're both, I almost said genies, but that is definitely not the right word. <laughs> gypsies, not yes. genies. Um, they do, they do, share, they do share heritage, and they kind of do both sort of. Well, maybe not modern wonder. They used to sort of like a free spirited attitude to life. Right, right. So, and then we find out that mimics fine as long as he stays in his metal form and heals from the inside out and doesn't bleed to death. Yeah, so he's got you know Wolverine's healing factor, and this is this is a days when he healed fast, but he didn't heal, you know back from a drop of blood into a full person in, in a minute. This is, it's going to take me a day to heal over things. So, he needs, he, he needs a rest, but he'll be fine. And this is what, and then we end, we, our team sort of ends with the whole, the moment before the battle, and let's go through the uh, the plan we have the next, for the next 12, 12, so many hours, and it's like the 12th time they've gone through the plan, and they have history on their side, which is a big factor um, in how they sort of fight going forward. Right, When they exactly. get teleported onto the moon. And because um, some of the Shi'ar uh, fighters are, have been injured, the exiles are basically taking lead on the moon. And they, they set up in locations where they know that the X-Men are going to appear because they have read all of Professor Xavier's files, I guess. And they know exactly how the battle went. Um, so we get, we get things like Thunderbird knocking out like the Super Scroll and I don't know what is this Mohawk Mohawk Man and um, <laughs> some sort of Cree dude yeah apparently I like it that it's just Mohawk Man and, <laughs> and Morph is Morph is hitting on some silver skinned lady because he's silver skinned yep a little flirting before the action I do love some uh, Morphs because like the Shia Shias are like oh as if you knew. And Moss like uh, read it in a history book, yeah. <laughs> um, sort of thing. And it's just quite nice that he's just like because they're all kind of the, the, the weird thing is the exiles are quite sort of depressed, um, fighting their team, basically their teammates, and having to do the dirty work mm-hmm. and and killing Gene. So it's got a sort of like uh, let's just get it done sort of attitude. And we have Sunfire firing atomic blasts, <laughs> booming at people, um, and then we have. Morph turning into an elephant and squishing beast. I love that. <laughs> he's just like, what? A shapeshifter? Well, duh. Like, it's just like, yeah, he's just turning into an elephant. And obviously, um, because they took out Night, um, Wolverine, the plan's a little different because Nightcrawler's on the team where Nocturne's going to have to fight um, her father. And we have a really interesting like sequence where, like, Mimic offers to take him out, but she's like, no, he's my father, I'll do it. And um, it's where you find out that TJ Fonvanelli 
Age used to have piggyback teleport rides with with Nightcrawler, right? And that's why he manages to overcome him in a really like sort of gentle way because Nightcrawler just tries to teleport her off, but um, and she just knocks him out after the final teleportation, which is very sad. And the battle just ra- keeps raging on with basically the X Men losing, um, as the Exiles just take get the upper hand. Exiles and the Shadow get the upper hand until. Until the phoenix erupts out of Jean Grey and uh, basically kills Cyclops. Uh, he's a poor broken man here. Yeah, because we have this really weird artistic moment where um, Mimic is in a wall or sat on a wall without his wings. Yep. And he looks kind of like Beast and he's sort of meddling up to go fight. I didn't know, can he, he can't retract his wings, can he? Boy, I don't know. Did, has he done it been... before? He may have. Maybe not. Because I understand after what's about to happen, where his wings disappear to. Right. Um, but in a few of the panels, he's got his wings. But anyway, they're talking about it's, you know, with, with Phoenix taking out Scott, it's like, well, she's clearly not Jean. She's mm-hmm. just evil now. And we have a fight between Storm and Phoenix, and of course, Phoenix wins. Well, it's like before we get there, we got Colossus, who basically has been killed as well underneath Jean's Jean's feet there. So Scott and Colossus are both dead. Um, Yeah, this is the PG rating. Yeah. um, In full force. Yeah, and Storm is burned to a crisp. And she's doing, and and Phoenix is full on 90s uh, Dark Phoenix dialogue going on. Uh, Full on, like, like, I imagine this is what she sounds like. Like, I can hear the. 90s animated cartoon <laughs> Jean voice saying it, <laughs> saying like "I am power" and all that jazz. And um, this is where Plan B comes into effect, and uh, Mimic goes in and starts mimicking the Phoenix Force. Right. And I don't know if he explained if it's been explained in another issue, but he can only have five powers. So if he's going to mimic a new one, he has to give up another, and it looks like he's giving up his wings. Yeah. As they melt. They, they melt away. Him. Yeah. I know he explains uh, it a little bit later. I feel like he may have touched it just slightly in an earlier issue, but he definitely goes into into like the details about how many powers he can and why later on. Definitely, I think it might even be the next issue. Yeah. Um, so he tries to um, fight a toe-to-toe with all of his powers and a bit of hers. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, a little comedy moment with uh, Morph holding up a sign that says, ouch, and um, sort of deadpanning uh Thunderbird is all like, well, your mouth still works. <laughs> yeah, Thunderbird's and, like, I'm actually going to talk this issue. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're finding out what's happening from Mimic's perspective, uh, not Mimic, uh, Moss' perspective, until Wolverine turns up. And then somehow she used to have a uniform on. And then her uniform sort of gone. Oh no, she used to have a mask on, but she's taken the mask off. Uh, Sunfire stands in front of Wolverine. And of course, because she's um, Mariko. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we old flame. He listens to her, and then we have Blink fighting Phoenix, and it's a bit, you know, she's basically just a distraction for everyone else. Right. Whereas the exiles, the exiles go all out while Wolverine decides to um, finish it, essentially. So we get an early we... use of like digital effects here, of of sort of blurring a panel while Blink's dodging energy blasts from the the, the Phoenix, and it it is rough looking. Uh... 
you'll yeah. see like a lot of like like screen blur, quote unquote, in recent comics. But it's used kind of sparingly, and and I mean it can still stand out a bit, but it doesn't. It's not as jarring, and this feels like super jarring. I think it doesn't help with the with the um, tomb word effects being yeah. so prominent on this on it as well. It's so clean, yeah. Yeah, it just seems bizarre. Um, also, I don't really understand what she's throwing at her anymore because they keep changing to being like daggers to like weird crystal spears. Um, all I know is that she still has uh, ultimate Peter Parker's haircut, so that's we're all good. <laughs> that's very true. But anyway, um, so yeah, the exiles are fighting, and it's just not enough, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Blink does a little sort of bait and switch and T-Bear jumps in and they're basically the distraction for Angel and Wolverine to launch their attack. Um, And all goes well. Blink blinks Wolverine and Angel behind her. A massive shock into the back of her. Jean explodes in fiery death, uh, killing all of the X-Men in a really interesting um, five-panel page where it's just dead X-Men. Another dead X Man, dead X Man, dead X Man, dead X Man. Which I thought was uh, really, really interesting because their goal was to stop Jean and, and like save the X Men. Um, yeah. But they're not able to to save save the team. I mean, it looks like maybe Nightcrawler survived, but that's about it. Yeah, because it was supposed to be just let Jean die. Was the um, right? Uh, supposedly, <laughs> the end thing, and I do like how. Mimic's like, I'm not sure I can stand um, writing any more wrongs in this reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the exiles look on and then teleport onto the next adventure. Um, which is kind of like a really, it's a really somber, the, the whole book is very sort of, sort of somber and quite sort of down. Yeah. And you really do get a sense of um, the characters sort of not wanting to be in this situation at all, but having to do what they've been ordered to do by the Talus essentially to fix reality and it kind of just goes wrong and like you said all the X-Men are dead in this reality apart from Nightcrawler and Professor Xavier everyone else is dead yeah so the the very best one of the best X-Men survives and probably the worst X-Men survives in Professor X (laughs) but at at least they can reforge a new team I suppose sure but it at least it should like this this issue kind of showcases them working together quite well as a unit. For sure. And, um, it just, it's, I think it it keeps on with the idea that Mimic is sort of the driving force of the narrative, um, but throws in a little bit more with uh, Nocturne as well, especially when she has to fight her father. And so we get a little bit like of history um, and like power descriptions. So I suppose some of them are just not evident. Like Morph is very evident, so we never really get anything like he's a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. And Sunfire can fire fire. It's in the name, you know, kind of stuff. So I suppose they're just trying to like move it forward that way, and um, it's just kind of a depressing sort of feel to it. And it feels more like they've lost, even though they've won. Yeah, which is why, you know, halfway through this book, I was like, eh, I don't know if it's really hitting me. Uh, the artwork is, it feels like a step down from the previous issue. Um, yeah. But then at the end, the way the end, and I'm not saying that dark endings like make things good but the the way mimic is conflicted with what he had to do and and the toll it's taken on him 
uh, really, uh, it's a nice ending to a book. So it, it made me a little bit happier about reading this issue compared to where I was midway through. Yeah, I think because um, the last issue was really character driven and yeah. looked lovely. Um, and this one sort of had moments, but it felt like it is sort of just a fight issue, essentially. Yeah. And it kind of starts with, let's explain TJ. Let's let's explain Nocturne's powers. Move mm-hmm. along to fight. And then and then like you said, I kind of like the fact that it just sort of all goes. They've won, but not in a way that any of them really wanted to. Exactly. And uh, it moves them on to the next part part of call. So, um, Dan, what do you think overall? Issue number four. I think it was okay. I think its ending um, ends the whole storyline really well and carries yeah. on the idea that, like, Mimic, well, the whole team, but Mimic especially, is struggling with the fact that every mission seems to be this horrible, I must murder someone that I admire slash love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it and, really um, is. <laughs> and, like, I really like the moment with Nocturne and, like, Learning a little bit more about her um, was quite nice. Just, just I think the stuff about her and her father. So the caption, uh, the captions of talking about her, um, sort of piggybacking on her dad, brought more about her personality out than her talking about her powers and her talking about how her dad and her mum, like, have sex all the time, <laughs> whatever. Um, so that's like, because like you know. Exposition doing well and exposition doing bad in the same book, essentially. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it's as strong as the first issue because that Wolverine mimic fight was really well done. Yep. Um, and this this is supposed to be the main event, and it doesn't feel. Well, then maybe that's the point. It's not supposed to be a big bombastic thing. It's supposed to be something to be like, oh dear, it's very quite sad. Yeah, that it, we're doing this. It totally does feel that way. And, and you bring up an interesting point the first two issues were about mimic killing his his basically father figure and these two issues have been about mimic killing his family and friends so you know it makes you wonder are the next two issues about him like like killing his future children or like how how are they (laughs) going to keep torturing this guy indeed well next issue is a bit different because we have a new artist and um yes well I, i we always forget just because of the way that that these things are set up online, uh, at least for me. But uh, we should probably uh, note that the writer for Exiles number four was Judd Winnick. And I've got penciler Mike McCone, but I don't have anyone else noted on the team here. No, no, on mine it's just, it's obviously with mine being a collected book, it just says Mike McCone and the other person that does the, the other couple of issues. Mm-hmm. So it's just Mike McCone for me as well. Yeah, so colors, inking, who knows? Uh, we should, well, we could shout you out, but this entire book is coloured by Transparency, Transparency Digital. Okay, so that's, everything is coloured by them. Is Which it, are, are they inking then as well? Then I guess. I have an army of inkers: um, Mark McKenna, Eric Cannon, and John Holdridge, with Jimmy Palmolotti and Walden Wong. I believe the inkers change depending on the the artist. To be fair, because the inking, the next issue quickly. As a, as a spoilers, does look extremely different to what we've got yes. so far. Yes. Some might say better. Who knows? We'll find out next time. <laughs> I think we'll get an interesting, interesting hint in the next book as well about other things. So, 
that should we're gonna a little bit of a change of, of pace here I don't think we're gonna be killing more of Mimic's family um, he gets a break this time yeah finally <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well done. I, I, I feel very similar to what you you feel for uh, Exiles number four. Um, I enjoy the story. The artwork doesn't quite hold up to the previous book. Um, it's a good focus on Mimic and and even Blink here a little bit in Nocturne. Morph Morph is a character who I don't feel like needs a whole lot of character development to just be enjoyable. But uh, Thunderbird and and Sunfire are sorely just sort of disregarded. So, um, looking forward to hearing, you know, reading a little bit more about who they are and what they want to do in the upcoming issues. Yes, hopefully we find out what any of them do before any of them pop their clogs, as if any of them die whatsoever. Yeah. Or did we just kill Magnus because he was just pointless? Well, the question you ask yourself. <laughs> well, uh, that was Exiles number four. Moving on, moving on, moving on to Excalibur number three from 1988. Back to the classic series. Um, and then we had, I think, hinted, I don't remember if it was uh, before we started recording, but this is one of your favorite covers ever. Yeah, this is one of my favorite covers ever. Mainly because it's Captain Burton versus the Juggernaut, and um, it's got Captain Burton just in the ground as Juggernaut's walked over him. And uh, and Captain Burton just saying, and there's more where that came from. And I just love the way Juggernaut is just sort of. I'd like to feel like he's sort of, sort of um, wiggling his ass as he walks as well. <laughs> the way like drawn. Yeah. He's just serving. I don't know. I just I remember seeing this a long time ago and just picking it up and being like, this is the most amazing thing. I don't even know what was going on for this front uh, cover, but I don't care because it, it kind of encapsulates sort of Excalibur to a point for sure like stupid and hilarious and weird yeah <laughs> and just the expression on Captain uh, Britain's face is yeah. amazing that is that is it for me he's totally shocked he's got like these these bugged out eyes with these tiny little pupils like, he can't believe someone just like stomped him into the ground and I love that that is a footprint on his chest yeah yeah um, <laughs> just, it just walked over him so yes Excalibur number three. It's just a great cover. It just makes me smile every time I see it. Yeah, and before uh, maybe we want to get into the uh, the creative team before we forget here. Yes, we've got Chris, Chris Claremont on the writing duties. Alan Davis still penciling on. Um, Paul Neary is the inker. A guest letterer, um, which is um, L. Dot Lois Bahalis, and. Um, Glennis Oliver is still on colorists. Is still on colorists. Still on colorists. Still on colors. Because um, she makes the book look lovely. Yep. All righty. So, yes. Awesome. We start. We start at Her Majesty's Ultra Maximum Security Prison, Crossmoor. So does which... she? Does she own everything in your country? Is that why we can say this? <laughs> does she own you as well, Dan? Are you like? Yes, okay. I am her subject. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I had to at least divert five minutes of my time to a wild wedding this weekend. Um, you know, yeah. if we can talk about the wedding for just a second, because I saw on Twitter, uh, it was sort of going around about a picture of of Tom Hardy, like like mouthing like part of a prayer or something, 
and he has shaved his head uh, really far down, and his ears are like sticking out. And it, 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 it dawned on me that if Tom Hardy can be that ugly, then it just all I need is the right haircut before I'm a leading man as well. Is what I thought. <laughs> exactly. That's how that's how Hollywood works. That's how films are made. Haircuts by haircuts. Anyway. Makes sense. <laughs> so yes, we're in this. At first, I thought the prison was a pyramid, but then I realised there are actually floodlights in the first panel. I was yeah. like, it's a pyramid. And then I was like, oh wait, I'm being stupid. <laughs> um, and so we have. Um, possibly the best villain we've had in the comics so far because she's insane uh, Vixen in her amazing get up with a cig- cigarette old school Guadalajara style cigarette and I'm assuming that's a martini yeah her I had thought because I, I hadn't paid enough attention that her outfit was like a cheetah outfit like um, it's sort of orangey yellow colored with, with dots on it but those aren't dots mm. those are arrows pointing up all yeah. over. I don't understand. No, neither do I. Um, her henchmen also have them. Vincent and uh, Vivian. Birthmen, obviously. Yeah. Um, also have these amazing costumes. <laughs> and they're breaking into this Crossmore, Her Majesty's prison for people who were special, I imagine. Um, for sort of like an undisclosed reason. Because um, at first I thought it was because of Juggernaut, but it isn't. They're trying to get something else entirely, and they just use Juggernaut as a distraction. Oh my and goodness! I just realized. Things. Sorry, sorry, Dan. One of her henchmen has a V on his face, like a. a... Yes. Wow. Yes. Viv- Vivian has a V on his face. You ever watched the Venture Brothers? Um, God, no, I haven't actually. Oh, if I have, it was a long time ago. I think you might enjoy it. There's a lot of like callbacks to other like comic book things but one of the bodyguards paints like his name or like tattoos his name from like head down through his torso and he also has a v on his face it's just like this i'm, I'm wondering if this is like some sort of <laughs> reference to the this team of bad guys i hope so this team of bad guys are ridiculous because she's got like obviously she's got vivian and vincent who are dressed like her and then she's she's surrounded by um ill-fitting Hydra people. Exactly. Because their, their costumes don't really fit them that well. Lots of shoulder pads here. Um, and so Vixens are like, get the lights because they get, it's apparently a setup from the police and someone's um, sort of narked on them. And then they find Juggernaut randomly in this prison in a, in a thing that looks like it couldn't contain him, but apparently does. And I must admit, Juggernaut's face is just weird to look at in this issue. <laughs> like, I, I love like, it. Uh, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I just got a really creepy grin. Oh yeah, and I do like the fact that she calls him a cretin. Um, in her in her mind, of course, because why, why, why use dialogue when you can use thought bubbles? Um, <laughs> and so they obviously are going to release Juggernaut to help. And then we've got this random panel of this amazing, uh, moustached sergeant, who's who says <laughs> home. Um, after he says London's calling, the mustache is like morphed into the sideburns. It's but there's nothing yeah. below the jaw. It's just like this weird. I don't even know what that's called, but I love that thing. 
I just love how patriotic he is. It's like the Queen's own can handle this. I can just imagine him being all like extremely British. Um, and then Juggernaut burst out in probably the weakest panel. I think I think that's the weakest panel we've seen from this series so far. Yeah. For me, it just looks a bit sort of rushed and not exactly the best. And then we have all these inmates coming out and punching. Some just running away. Some punching policemen. It's all a bit chaotic. And then Juggernaut's like ripping a tank bits and gets punched in the face by Captain Burton and yeah. the next sequence just the, is just the best and it's, it's, it's interesting because he gets punched in the face, I mean he isn't moved at all, he isn't hurt but it's enough for him to take notice like hey that's not a bad punch even though mm-hmm. like Captain Burton punched him square in the nose you, you know, it's, uh, it's like okay I, I should at least address this guy before I beat him up, he's, he's earned that much respect and he's like, I'm Captain Burton. And they just have like a nice little conversation. Yeah, and yeah. Captain Burton almost as tall as him. Um, which is quite impressive. And then we have this awesome little sequence of just them talking and it's just the like a field a little further away and Captain Burton just lands in it. It's <laughs> just smacked him. Well, I love you see and, it. It says, like, from far away, hit, 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 hit. And I imagine that's Captain Britain, like, trying to punch him, like, like gut punches yeah. a couple times. And nothing's happening. And then pow. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have um, Phoenix is like, would you like some help? He's like, nope, I'm fine. And uh, Rachel and Kitty talk about men being a bit shit, which is true. Um, then Kitty does... I really like this sequence as well, where Kitty stops um, some of the escaping... Uh, felons by phasing their car they all just fall out of the front of it oh yeah that's great and then they try and shoot her and then she gets lucky to burn them which is kind of aggressive if you ask me (laughs) (laughs) so they're all like they all put their hands up because evil and then um rachel who just flying about and mocking people at this point is um sort of mocks kurt but kurt's just doing it because he's having fun and I love this. This is this is the cat of my my. This is my cat. Mm-hmm. This entire like sort of sequence of him just having fun, talking about you know the awesome the sweet science of like self defense and how he's taken out an entire group of people by just bouncing around them. I just thought it was. It just feels like swashbuckling and very much like the cat that I always remember and love, as opposed to what we sometimes get these days. Excellent. <laughs> <coughs> Oh, uh, even 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 better, um, Lemire's cat, where he wore armor and cried a lot. Um, and then we have Megan jumping in to the fray, helping, and she's a bit upset about Brian getting his ass handed to her. So she literally, uh, we find out a little bit more about her power and how she's connected to Mother Earth, and she basically shapeshifts into the size, and sort of almost like the size and the mass of the Juggernaut. Yeah. Looks like she's going to go toe-to-toe. But as always in the, these early issues, Megan's not allowed to actually do anything. Unfortunately. And I, I love and the, the angrier she gets, like, the bigger her hair gets. Yes. It's how, my, it's how I work. Um, <laughs> my hair explodes um, when I get angry. It's almost like a Super Saiyan. But yes, yeah, she's, she's not allowed to fight because um, they have an easier way to take out the Juggernaut, which is... Um, Rachel, and to be fun, to be honest, this is a nice way to sort of show that the Juggernaut or our team's actually kind of a solid heavy hitter because taking out the Juggernaut so quickly, something some of the X Men can't do for a long time. Mm-hmm. So we have this victory, and our team's all like, "Yay!" 
No, let's go back, because they have to move into the light. Did I miss the Struth uh, panel? I feel like I feel like there's a panel in here with Captain Britain's Struth. I hope I didn't miss it, because I really need to point that out. Which one? Is it as good as the bit where he goes, glory? <laughs> I was like, no one says that, Captain Britain. No one says that. No one says glory in that. All right, well, then we sort of jump into this ongoing B-plot of this weird, like, metallic turtle head that's in a junk heap and a guy in a makeshift costume with, like, a noodle strainer on his head and a metal detector and, like, metal uh, hangers sort of, like, duct taped to his head is searching for for things in a junkyard. Uh, And uh, this metallic turtle just... Just pops up, they start acting like they're friends, and then he turns into a portal uh, that, <laughs> for some reason, that teleports this weird dude into another dimension. And I love on the back of this guy's uniform, it says, Beam Me Up, Scotty. Yes, yes. He got exactly what he wanted. Yep. That's and for sure. Where, where does he go? Well, I'm. Um, this is where it gets confusing, there. yeah apparently, um, to a woman called Opal Loon Satine. Satir? Satir? I don't even know. Yeah, Satir. Is that Satir? Um, is that like a two above it? Is it Satir squared? Satir squared? Is is that a nine? Maybe. No, that's a nine. She's not just squared. She's she's a ninth power. (laughs) Nine. She definitely doesn't dress to the power of nine, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> she has like random robots serving her. So, yes. That's such a. It, this B plot is so just. bizarre. There's no rhyme or reason, it's just existing. Yeah. And They're not going to rush to move through it at all either. They're going to go as slow as they feel like. Yeah. And each time they just get, you know, now we know what's on the other side of the portal that the kid went through last time and stuff like that. So it's just little breadcrumbs. And then we move to the lighthouse, which is now the home base of Excalibur. And we have Kitty, who just isn't happy about life. And Sailor Nightcrawler, who's just like... <laughs> it looks okay. like he's about to go down to the docks to work at a late shift, yeah. Like, Nightcrawler in this comic has some of the best attires. I feel like he's just raided people's... Um, clothes and just who wears like tanned trousers and orange wellies or green wellies sorry remember Night last book. last book when he dressed like uh, Rick James <laughs> yeah. I think he's just take, seeing how far he can push this whole secret identity business <laughs> or maybe but, it's like the idea is like the more gaudy he looks the more distracted people will be from his blue fairy yeah, skin yes <laughs> But basically, they're all moving in today. It's move. It's moving day, and so Kitty's upset because she kind of misses her X Men, and it's it's kind of cramped in there. And Captain Britain's upset because this is his house, and everyone's moving into his house. Um, and it's just sort of like growing pains with the team being just sort of cramped together. And unfortunately, Captain Britain, who is the man of muscle but not really the man of brains, just like drops Kitty's computer. And her hardware onto the ground with a giant crash. <laughs> and it's all, apparently it's all the programs she and Doug Ramsey had created together and now they're all ruined. So, it's... Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. I just love, I love, 
I love a couple things about this. It just shows like how clueless Captain Britain is to the rest of, of the world, like to any sort of technology. He's like a, a British man from like the 1970s before there was any there's any need for technology. It was all he's Mr. Analog, Mr. Mr. Muscles. It's insane. Isn't he like a nuclear scientist? Like in one of the other issues, he talks about how he's like got a PhD and all that stuff. <laughs> it's like, how can you be so stupid? Um, and obviously they're trapped. They're now sort of semi-trapped in the um, lighthouse because there's a storm that seems to be almost a week's worth of rain, which, to be fair, is kind of accurate for our country. And um, I'd also hate to live below Nightcrawler if he wakes up at six o'clock in the morning and starts fucking cartwheeling around in his room. I'd like you, motherfucker. Um, essentially. <laughs> is that his room, um, or is he just using the very top of the lighthouse as like a gymnasium? <laughs> it could be anything to be fair. It's got one chair. I feel like he's just used. I think he's just doing it on purpose. He knows that Brian at the moment is a heavy drinker. Yeah, he's totally <laughs> hungover because you see like an empty bottle uh, next to his bed, and he is not. In, he's not happy. And he goes to try and have a piss, and uh, Kitty's um, having a bath because they have a lot of. <laughs> they have a schedule and a lot of times in the bathroom, um, which is just not how human beings should work. Yeah, um, yeah, she's like, not, I, you skip your turn, so suck it. I'm, it's, I'm in the bathroom now. And Paul Brian's like, I just need to wee. <laughs> and then there's a fire downstairs <coughs> because Megan and Lockheed thought it'd be awesome to make a hot toddy using <laughs> Lockheed's fire. And Rachel throws it all outside because she doesn't really think about anything. Um, and they find out that what, he, what she threw outside was all of his whiskey. And um, this is where we like find out that they're not very happy with him drinking. Yeah. And um, I mean, to be like, fair, he's got like four giant boxes of whiskey. Yes, that's a lot of alcohol. Like if you're moving houses and you get like those big boxes to fit stuff in, it's like that size box filled with bottles of whiskey. And he's not happy. And Paul Megan, um, ever the lovesick puppy and mm. the Bryant's I don't care um, she's like you could have turned to me not drink and then he pisses off and Nightcrawler swoops in to save save Megan's emotional state and is like you're beautiful you don't need him and you know the true romance which should have been these two yes uh, carries on where we Brian there's no romance between Brian and Megan I feel like it's a very abusive relationship at this point in time for sure and I feel it's probably reading it back again um, it's it's always the one part of the story that I don't like the way Megan is, is um, treated by by Brian hopefully um, that changes in later issues yes but at the moment it's not nice no and then we have then we have um, Kitty and Rachel trying to be like it's not too like Rachel's actually quite positive she's like oh, it's not too bad here I'm kind of getting used to it and Kitty's still sort of like it's rubbish. Everything's rubbish. And then the power turns off, so she goes down and she randomly finds the most bizarre moment, the second most bizarre moment of the comic, where she goes to turn the generator on and there's some sort of like mirror version of her, but she looks like a snake woman. Mm-hmm. And there's Lockheed. And they're like, what the hell is going on here? However, um, in London, we have Brian basically flirting with his old flame. Essentially, and yeah. that's basically this entire sequence is that she's you know, Courtney's all like, Well, you could just be with me, 
you know, and Brian's like, well, I could, but they need me. It's my team. And Brian's like, I'll be waiting. And this is what, this is what is interesting when, as we go further on is that it always makes it seem like Brian and Courtney will get together. Yeah. Kurt and Megan will get together, and that's how they sort each other out. But we'll see how that moves forward. It definitely feels like that's where it should have gone for, for now. Um, and so Brian returns back. Everyone decides that the place isn't a shithole anymore. Everyone seems really happy, and Kurt's all like, yay, let's start again, shall we? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still um, the heart of the team, Kurt. I think it's like a really easy, like, if you didn't have the beginning bit with Juggernaut, which is an awesome bit, but you could have maybe done a little bit more at the end here than just a, it's all fixed, let's move on. Right. Um, <laughs> moment. So it feels like there's a lot more tension there than it can just be fixed in one sort of, um, That's for was sure. it, seven panels. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about moving day? Um, I really like this issue. Uh, I think, what is this, issue number four? Issue number three, plus we had like the team coming together, the sword is drawn. It's all been pretty pretty great so far. Um, not every character has gotten as much time as you'd like, uh, you know, i.e. Megan. Uh, really needs to be ex- expounded upon a little bit more, but the team dynamic is fun. We get some, some enjoyable fighting. Uh, this is a great cameo by Juggernaut, and um, aside from that one panel you po- you pointed out, it's it's wonderfully drawn. It's just fun comics in in the best way possible. Um, I'm, it just reminds me how happy I am that I'm I'm reading these with you. Yeah, it, it, to be fair, cruels aside, it's still a strong strong issue. Like the first part is really fun, and seeing the team work together. It's weird that they're working better together as a team now. Yeah. Uh, in combat and then actually in closed doors they're kind of like not particularly <laughs> a good fit and I think you know it's got that classic X-Men melodrama and that's kind of what, what's happening here we're getting the classic sort of uh, this is the bit where we all play baseball and not like each other for 10, <laughs> ten pages and really we can you know fight the brood in like one page flat and I really do like it I did, like I said my only major criticism and it's just it's it's just something that's baked into the concept is that because Megan is kind of like a non-character at the moment, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she's only got m- not much. We've got like bits of bobs with her, but because it's kind of like a n- hasn't been expanded on. Yeah. Her relationship with Brian and the fact that Brian's an alcoholic, he is very aggressive towards her. He goes off and has these secret meetings with the, his old his old girlfriend, uh, you know, and all this. It's like that relationship doesn't feel like. Um, because if this is the first time you, uh, listeners, if it's the first time you're reading Excalibur, this relationship is is like the bedrock of, of a comic for a, a long time. And mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like um, this is a relationship that should work. And Nightcrawler and her seem like the perfect fit. Um, but we'll see how it goes. So uh, I have a Stuart sighting. Uh, it's the page after uh, Captain Britain is, is knocked you know, for a mile by Juggernaut. He's sort of in a trench that's been caused by his own body being dragged along the ground uh, with the phoenix up above him. And he says, Struth, he's all the stories say, and more. So um, <laughs> it's, it's great. Hopefully Struth will be um, exercised from the book at some point. I feel like this is, this is count number three or four for Struth. So I got <laughs> to keep that count going. 
have a little uh, tally board. I know. <laughs> I need to go back and listen to how many shoots we've had so far and just make a counter. And then I'll have, uh, when I'm editing the podcast, I'll, I'll just insert like a little sound every time there's another shoot to be like, number four. Ding! Yeah. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, this one wasn't as um, quote-unquote English as the other ones were. It's almost as if he's they're relaxing into the sort of pace of it. It's more like a nice little nod as opposed to really heavy, like the first couple of issues. Yeah, those are like, heavy. Having, like, yeah, so it's more like nice little like like the general or whatever he is in in the tank being all like ridiculous. Um, makes more sense than every single person they meet being like that. Um, so. <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, overall, uh, another great issue from Excalibur. Aye. All right. Well, um, time for the final book uh, on our list today, which is Exiles number three. So, uh, Dan, maybe you can let me know with the creative team. Is this is this a punishment? Because I'm <laughs> crap at trying to stay people's names. No, I'm I'm I'm. I'm buying time so that I can open the book on my 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 device here. So that's all. <laughs> I'm smoothly scenes. trying to transition to the next book without us looking like amateurs. Why won't you play ball? I am playing ball. I have I have mine. So I have the other two in physical, and this is on digital. And I actually have it already up because all right. I'm, well, if you want, we it's fine. We've 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 vamped enough. Where if you want, I can read the creative <laughs> team if you prefer. Well, you can correct me. Okay. Um, so written by Saladin Ahmed, um, penciled by Javier Rodriguez, uh, ink by Alvaro Lopez, close by Chris O'Halloran, um, le- lettered by VCs Joe Carmagna, um, and the cover is David Marquez and Justin Ponce. Whew. That was perfect. Thank you. I'm glad that I finally got all your names right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Unless we didn't, so then, then please let us know. Yes. Please text us, because I hate getting people's names wrong. Um, For all we know, it's, it's not Javier, it's Javier or something. <laughs> wouldn't that be awful if we had done that? That would be awful. Yeah. That would be, be awful. Let's talk about not awful things. Let's yes. talk about this awesome fun cover. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes, um, so we've got Peggy Carter as Captain America. Uh, in sort of a, the first Avenger-inspired uh, costume. And she looks glorious. And uh, we've got Little Wolvie looking fierce, and I'll Blink, who's looking a little bit more, I don't know, contemplative uh, on his front cover sure. as, as they're both facing to the left for some sort of approaching enemy. I love the fact that Blink has Wolverine claws. Yeah, right? Uh, that's a really nice touch. It is this Justin Ponce's color work is gorgeous on this, this front cover. Um, it just really is beautiful mm-hmm. color work. And I love that uniform. I love that uniform for Captain America. She's my new Captain America. Am I allowed to have a new Captain America? Or will everyone be angry that I don't like Steve and I only like Peggy Carter now? Um, she's, she's my cap. She's my cap. I, I would be fine with that. They so, robbed me of sound so I can have Peggy now. Exactly. And this is also like an homage to a, a famous cover, yeah? Yeah, it reminds me of the, um, is it the, the Captain America Black Widow Wolverine cover? Mm-hmm. I think so. So it feels like that cover. If it isn't, someone else tell me which what it is, because I clearly got it wrong if it isn't. 
Either way, it's 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 wonderful. It is. I just love the fact that even though there's a cartoon character still in between them, <laughs> it works. It works so well. Like he looks insanely different to them, but the the actual composition makes it look like it's fine. And and that's the thing that I really like about this entire issue, and I hope going forward is that um, no matter what world um, Little Wolfie's in, Rodriguez makes him look like he belongs with with the sort of minutia of of each world mm-hmm. like he doesn't stand out like some sort of create this is a cartoon character <laughs> like sort of thing this is insane <laughs> um he's also the best wolverine um to ever exist so that helps i i'm, I'm not saying this in uh, you know disparaging any of the creative team doing the the insides but David Marquez is just such a, an all-star artist. Uh, I, I'm so glad that he's doing covers. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yes, why do you start us off then? All right, so we start off uh, this new Exiles book, just like we start off every new Exiles book, with uh, Nick Fury on the moon, jabbering on about terrible things happening. Um but that's that's sort of dissipated, and we get to our, our main cast, who is on a new place, um, in the forest, and everyone's everyone's on the ground. I, I think they've just been teleported from, from what what land was it they teleported from? Is the um, was it little little Wolfie's land? Was the last thing they were in? Because the oh no, it was from the moon. Because they the the right. talus was shattered. Right. Right. Talents were shattered, and they ended. Uh. And we were we were so happy. I don't know about you, but I'm so happy they didn't do the whole. The talents are shattered, so each individual member has yes. gone to a different world. I was so worried that um, was going to happen, but I'm glad they didn't. I, I'm so glad. I, I love this first panel mainly because of the use of the word icky, and the fact that the fact that the Pegasus is just like I don't care. I'm just going to eat. <laughs> um, but everyone else is a bit like, oof. Like literally, Iron Lad is knocked completely out. It seems. Yes. But everyone else, and I just like um, I don't know. It just the dialogue's so wonderful. I love so far the highlight has for me is little Wolverine's like sort of, are you okay, friends? Um, sort of, and he's just happy, cheery demeanor, and I really like Valkyrie. It's just fun dialogue going on. Oh yeah. Um, and we get a little more interaction between Grizzled Khan and Blink here. Um, this, this sort of button heads a little bit. You, you almost feel like Khan would be a, a good leader for the team, and maybe that's why it's it's difficult for them to, to get along. But uh, as the team is is talking, they get interrupted by what what I would consider the dinosaurs. You ever see that old cartoon show? My God, yeah. I was thinking there's dinosaurs from the tales, but yes, dinosaurs <laughs> makes sense. And they these these three. Angry tyrannical lizards uh, j- jump at, at our crew, and they call them milk drinkers, which is a brilliant insult. That's <laughs> uh, And it, it's just, and I love the, I love how Blinks just kind of, re- like every reaction is just so sort of, ah, <sighs> really, dinosaurs now, and um, they have a little fight with these dinosaurs, which just have the great. Um, dialogue with the the fair havers. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it's, it's just a nice little... And as always, the panel layouts are really nice. And you can follow the action very well. And everyone's doing great things. Just flinging stuff at dinosaurs, essentially. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is everyone at the top of their game, artistic-wise. Um, and I'm just... It's just fun. Because fighting dinosaurs... Just look at the smiling Valkyrie <laughs> being dropped off by Iron Lad. Yeah. I love the fact that the Pegasus literally um, smacks the pterodactyl in its face. Oh, yeah. A bit too, <laughs> on panel. I was like, that's a nice little touch. And Paul Little Wolvie's just a little scared. Um, hiding behind a rock. Bless him. <laughs> Are we about to go bye bye? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the Talus um, saves them again as the. Um, the Time Eater or Galactus's head comes to eat all the dinosaurs. Then we have another moment where they're dropping through panels. Um, I must admit that at one point, I'm, I didn't know, you know, when she says, uh, can't see, I'll miss the evil dinosaurs. I didn't know if I had to, it took me five seconds to realize, am I reading the, it's like navigation, mm-hmm. um, right? Or it's t- taking us away. Like, I didn't know which way we were going because I didn't know if we were going to go clockwise around the dialogue. Right. Or just normal um, left to right business. Um, that was my only little quibble, is that that little moment, I didn't know if I was following the characters down with the dialogue. Right. Or... But other than that, it just, you know, it just, visually it just works. Like, the entire team were actually falling through the hole as well, but in different stages. Yeah, I mean, the, the standard here is, is once again, uh, the, the panel layouts. It's just, just amazing work here. And sometimes they can be kind of intricate, as you mentioned, they're a little difficult to follow, but it just means you know as we've mentioned every other time we've talked about this book that you really need to read it more than once to see everything it's doing pretty much if you just if you just give this a one and done sort of thing you're not really giving it no um what it deserves there's a lot going on yeah and they they land in the groovy seven seas which (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's you know Aquarius it all it all matches up um, and as they land in this weird, groovy, uh, Neptunian, uh, Atlantis sort of, sort of area, a panel opens up, oh, sorry, a portal opens up and there's 1960s white Nick Fury who pops in. He's like, Hey guys, see you later. And he, he pops back out again. And it, obviously this is going to be like some, some Bill and Ted time travel, uh, thing happening that's going to be explained later on. But, um. It's nice to see them I'm, playing with the whole concept. And I'm, I'm with Grizzle Khan. It was very weird. <laughs> um, and now this is my favorite moment of the book. It has nothing to do with any dialogue. It's all in the panel layout. And it is Little Wolvie finding some flowers, running up to Valkyrie and giving him, giving them to Val- Valkyrie, which I thought was the most adorable thing yeah. I've seen in a long time. He As and Valkyrie travel- have become fast friends, I feel like. Yeah, they're like the best of friends. And I just love the fact that he just goes off to get some flowers. It's so adorable. I really like the, um, even though the, the the character figures are quite far away from mm-hmm. us, you would say not as detailed, I do feel like there's a lot going on with their movement. Yes. Where they're going. Where, really, the way that they're looking, the way that their, their yeah. body is positioned, yeah. And to be fair, it's all, all this is working, sort of like, and you find out like he's the third smartest or the 17th, the Iron Lads are the third smartest of his timeline or the 17th smartest 
or the four point three hundred and first smartest. Um, depending, depending on, yeah. <laughs> depending on how you calculate, yeah, what what, and, um, what your parameters are. Like he doesn't. He, I love how it's. Um, he doesn't sort of take a compliment. He has to sort of overanalyze of everyone's dialogue. Yeah. What to him? And I just noticed, you know, we move on to the next page as they get further into Atlantis, and you see that that Wolvie is riding on Valkyrie's shoulders. Yes. It's so cute, and she's got the flowers in her hair. And then uh, so perfect. But it, like, just going back one second, you do still get a little bit more from Grizzled Khan, where she gets a little bit more. Um, Talking about kindness and loyalty is tactically useful, and things like, how did, <laughs> like, how did you get like this? <laughs> and then she says about how her husband and her kid were killed, right. um, and everyone's a bit like, oh, okay. And then we find, <laughs> then we find the most grooviest name of of the land, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's awesome. And I'm, I'm so glad because I read uh, X Men Red uh, the same day I read this book, or rather in in not the same day, but uh, nearly the same day. It was great to see two two wonderfully different but but amazing name wars pop up in comics. Um, and I love he's like Beatnik uh, Namor. <laughs> he's got like the hat that's slightly off. He's got the earrings going. He's got this great seashell buckle that's right above his penis. It's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just astonishing. Yeah. I do love just like um, whole and like Wolvie looks a little concerned, but Valkyrie's all up for having a party. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and then the, then something happens that is in, just came out of nowhere for me. Yes. Um, can you? Well, how did you feel about uh, a certain old exile popping up? So I knew that that Morph was supposed to be showing up because someone had asked uh, Ahmed about it, I believe, and and he said, well, you know, he'll be showing up sometime. And I was hoping we were going to get like a longer appearance from Morph, um, but he he shows up, uh, says hi to Blink. He's like, yeah, the whole team is supposed to be meeting here. So so glad to, to see you again, fearless leader. And you know, they have enough panels to make him be silly. With like, a, he turns into like a, a frustrated, worried emoji with feet, which is hilarious. Um, and an hourglass. Yeah, and an hourglass. But then he's 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 eaten away, and it's like they give you that little taste of, of that thing that you wanted, and then remove it. Broke my heart. It's like it was kind of interesting because um, <clears throat> they name they name drop um, TJ as well, don't they? Yes, they this. do. Yeah. And I'm like trying to remember um i wonder if um the creative team here are just ignoring all of claremont additions to exile <laughs> i i would certainly ignore it all um because from from what i remember um because obviously there's that weird new exiles thing that happened as well that was just yeah. just happened yeah um but from what i remember like not not to tj and everyone spoilers for the rest of it but you know things happened where they weren't all together all the time and right so this makes it feel like the original team mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are maybe meeting up again, and they were just waiting for uh, Blink to turn up as well. So I love, I love that uh, Morph still has those crazy like boots, uh, the Captain America boots uh, uniform. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm so used to seeing him drawn a certain way that seeing this new take on him, 
uh, was a little bit shocking for me at the moment. Just the way that his, his head is drawn. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I feel like because he's an ultimate shapeshifter, I'll get used to it quite easily. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, we've, we've read, what is it, four issues of the other book? Uh, and, and then to see this other take has just sort of like surprised my, my, my eyeballs, but uh, not in a bad way. It's just like, oh yeah, he, he, he can look mm-hmm. this way too. Um, and this is, this is the first time that Blink has had to experience like the pain and, and loss that the rest of the team has. And, you know, previously she was like, you know, get over it. We got a job to do. Now she's having trouble like pushing, pushing through and it's, it's sort of Khan who has to take control of the team for a minute here. Which makes perfect sense. And I also, can I just point out that um, my favorite panel is them running through while she's upset because the Talus' energy is just connecting around them as a spiral tunnel and it's constantly hitting the, the actual her wrist mm-hmm. as it mm-hmm. moves around, which I thought was a nice visual. Yep. And obviously, um, seeing little Wolverine ride the Pegasus is always a great thing. <laughs> um, but I do like the fact that Khan's like, that's... So you know, takes charge a little bit, and then we meet up with um, a very female-looking Bucky. Yeah, and we, find, and we find out that Bucky's actually Becca, and we have a from the front cover. We have a Captain America that is Peggy Carter in all of her glory. Yeah, who looks just like oh boy, and I lost her name. Uh, who's the actor? Yeah, yeah, looks just like her. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And she just. You know, you find out what um, what's going on, seeing what's, and I just love that um, little Wolverine. This is the first time he says the whole "kill." What does that, you know? And they sort of have to silence him because they pretend to be their backup. Is essentially the whole right. sort of idea here. Well, I love Even that we, we sort of skipped over before you really get into that, but we've got um, Valkyrie and Becca sort of like hit it off right away. Yes, she's all like, mm-hmm. You look a lot easier on the eyes. Woot. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but as you mentioned, the Exiles pretend to be uh, Captain America's backup. And I love the um, look that Peggy gives um, the Pegasus, and she's all like, "Meh, okay, it'll do. Let's go." Yeah. <laughs> and we get a little, we get a little idea of what's going on with the Red School has a nuclear or atomic bomb, and is probably going to drop it on New York. It would seem. Yes. And I do love how they draw uh, the red skull here. He looks totally gruesome. Yeah, he's mis- he just looks horrible. like you definitely need to smash him <laughs> into bits. Um, and I do love this whole like sort of if anyone needs to go to Tinkle and little movie's like I need to Tinkle. <laughs> um, it's just like oh bless his little console. I love that one ho- of the yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's so sweet. He's such a like a like an innocent little kid. And this is where we find out that Talus isn't giving her any signals since it's been broken. But they've decided to, you know, do this do this mission anyway to um, help save the day. Yeah. And everyone's getting on with everyone. Yeah, I mean, um, Wolfie has made another friend right away. Yeah, even though he doesn't understand the word kill. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Beck is still flirting with Valkyrie. And they're both yeah, they're both really into it. Yep, pretty much. And then we get these really amazing panels um, of finding the giant Red Skull's giant air fortress. And this reminded me of um, a sort of Ajar um, doing Hawkeye. 
or yeah. um, Secret Avengers. Yeah. Um, and I really like this sort of them ripping open the fortress and going working their way down and everyone chipping in essentially yeah it reminds me a bit of superior foes of spider-man as well when they did the uh the heist the heist pages yes it just all look it just all flows really well and it's a really nice action sequence and sort of cap thwarts the red skull by throwing the shield into the, the like the me- mechanism that will open the to drop the bomb and all that jazz and then you find out it's actually a suicide mission. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and Iron Lad's like, well, the radiation would still kill um, everyone. <laughs> um, so Blink decides to blink everyone out. And this panel is just, these two, these three panels are very fun. With the clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, um, ring. Um, panels with Red Skull's face as he realizes it, it is the classic mind got. Yes. Um, like Hollywood would say. And she's blown to bits. And the exiles sort of save the day, essentially. Yeah, and they decide to sort of celebrate now that, that uh, things have gone surprisingly positive for them. And uh, I, I love we've got this, this sort of center page panel of Becca and Valkyrie like dancing the jazz music as Wolvie and, and Gabriel are getting along. And, and Wolvie, his senses are active as he, he notices someone has pie and he's like weaving through the crowd. Yes, but unfortunately it isn't pie. It's something far worse. Yes. It and is. We need, yeah, we leave our heroes um, in a nuclear holocaust, it would seem. Yes. As, as it's, the spell is coming from the bomb and Iron Lad's like, oh no, and we have this really lovely... Um, Cahoom explosion sort of word panel with the nuclear mushroom cloud and then out of the white we fade well we fade into cap shield and a skull and it's to be continued question mm. mark yeah well uh, obviously series hasn't been cancelled so I don't think they're dead yet but um, surprise cliffhanger ending um, what what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was um, overall really strong. Yeah, you know, um, I to be honest, the first time I read this issue, I was slightly disappointed because it felt like they're just hopping and hopping and hopping, and and nothing really like matters what they're doing. They just hop, 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 hop. Um, but having the second half of this, this issue of them landing with Captain America and actually carrying out a mission and, and accomplishing something I think uh, cleared my head of that, that notion and um, I, I enjoy this as always uh, much more going through it a second time so um, yeah uh, you know if I read this first time and I would have given this like a, a 2 out of 5 I think I, I'm rating this much higher now going through it a second time yeah, I think visually it's just it's just always on point. There's, apart from a slight confusion, I think actually I'd probably still I'd give this um, if we're going to rate it out of five. I'm probably going to give this a high four because I really like the character work. I like the conversations that um, Blink and Khan are trying to mm-hmm. like Blink's trying to reach out to Khan, even calling her Kamala, even though she's corrected immediately <laughs> by that. 
And I feel like there's a lot there yeah. that can be really mined. And and on the surface level of just little little Wolverine doing cartwheels when they've won, and um, his little instant friendship with Valkyrie, and it's just nice to see what's going to get you know. And obviously with a big bomb. And if this is anything like the old series, maybe not everyone does survive. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, you could be right. Um, I also want to point out that I was reading this on my phone uh, on, like, break at work while my mind was on other things, so that might also be why I wasn't so, like, uh, enthused about my first my first read through this. Sometimes you gotta you got to clear your head and give, give, give what you're reading its proper attention. Uh, but if you're going to go four and a half, four, like a high four, I think I'm going to go with a, uh, maybe just like a regular four. A really regular good issue. Four. Great, great artwork. Um, I'm glad that we had like a story with some sort of meaning to it at the end. And I hope we're not going to be like super jumping through everything, you know, t- twice an issue now. Uh, I- I'm looking for, for them to make, put some roots down. And actually interact with characters and, and do something in the story. So I, I'm hoping that's going to continue next issue as well. Yeah, I think um, it needs. At the moment, I don't mind it having a sort of breakneck speed, but I think I do need a little bit of downtime. Maybe after this issue, like when we find out what happens to them. Yeah. Um, see where it goes from there. And I do want to shout because um, I finally found out because it's in the comic itself. The amazing Captain America, Peggy Carter design. Uh, is by um, Paige Pataruto, um, and it is an amazing design. It's like, great, it's beautiful. So, yay! And I do hope, fingers crossed, that she might join the team because I'd love. But then I feel like maybe that's too many characters. It would be a lot of characters. It would be. So we'll see how we will go. All right. Well. Uh, another great issue of Exiles. So, um, all in all, I think we had a pretty strong, strong list of books here. Aye. Yeah. Well, Dan, is there anything you want to plug or say or, or chat about in the waiting minutes? Well, as, as always, just go follow us on Twitter Excaliburs and join in on the conversation. See which, what did you like, what didn't you like. Are you, are you? Which series are you enjoying more? Whatever you want to say, just jump in and tweet us or however else you want to get in touch with us. Jump in, jump on, jump through. We're uh, we're here to be jumped on, basically. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do we have any idea when the next uh, Exiles issue is coming out? Um. Because the schedule was a bit off with me, I didn't expect the second one to be out so quick. So yeah. I think is it is it bi-weekly? Or I, is it? I think it's just these first couple issues came out in in quick succession. So I think uh, we're gonna have uh, probably a, a longer wait moving forward. Um, Aye. Sounds fair. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, if we're not covering uh, you know the new issue next time, we'll still go. You know, deeper into the old Exiles and uh, Excalibur book. So, look forward to that, and we'll see y'all on the flippy floppy flip. Bye. <laughs> see ya.